You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, is the lovely Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? I'm doing good. That's good. Feels kind of relaxing. There's no children in our house right now. And we went out to eat without the kids, and I had a few drinks. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so we are recording before bedtime. It's amazing. Before bedtime. Before our children's bedtime. I know. We might actually get an episode of one of our favorite shows that we like to watch together. Yes, yes, we might. We might. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'll probably be too tired. I, <laughs> You've I, had I, a few drinks. <laughs> couple. Just, just a couple. Just a couple. Well, well a I'm couple at the restaurant. Few. You're working on the few. Anyway, I'm even having a beer tonight, which is odd. So It is odd. Anyway, um, should we get right into it tonight? Mm, okay. Okay. All right. I believe I'm first. And, yeah, uh, after our rock, paper, scissors, and I won. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> but I want to go first. So I won. Uh-huh. Oh, you purposely lost. That's right. Okay, if that I, makes you feel better. I get better. what I want, and you get to feel good. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a win-win. That makes you feel better. <laughs> anyway, before I get into my first story, um, it's if I will not be able to cover all the depth of this story. It's a pretty famous story. Um, I had never heard of it before until recently, but um, with the explosion of true crime podcasts out there nowadays, you can go and find in-depth tellings of this story. So I hope to pique your interest a little bit, and then you can go find out a little more on your own if you'd like. Okay, just spill it, though, because I've been having to listen to you (laughs) talk about this for the past few days, what it's about. Have you ever heard of the Circleville writer? No. Circleville, Ohio, 1994. Residents of Circleville, which is about a town of about 12,000 people at the time, started receiving postcards in the mail. Hmm. They would have no return address. They would be postmarked with a Columbus postmark uh, on them, uh, which is about an hour's drive away from Circleville. Um, and they were always maybe a little threatening. They would have personal information about people. So somebody who probably used to live there or still does. Over the course of 20 years, thousands of these postcards were sent to the residents of Circleville. Okay. The most threatening of those letters were sent to Mary Gillespie. That name sounds familiar. I have somebody at work I deal with that has that last name. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Well, anyway, she was a local bus driver, school bus driver. And uh, she started receiving letters. Her first one that she received just said, I've been observing your house, and I know you have children. This is no joke. Please take it serious. They were always, like, you know, postcard size, written in block lettering, like somebody would do if they're trying to hide who they are. That kind of is creepy because there wasn't social media in 94. No, No, there's no social media. This is, yeah, it it is definitely kind of creepy. Um. For the next few weeks, she refi- received three separate letters um, talking about how she needed to tell the world about her affair she was having with the school superintendent. Oh, was this the Which, superintendent's wife? Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm, you know. She didn't tell anybody about these letters at first until her husband received a letter. 
telling him about <laughs> his wife. Her husband, Ron, received a letter telling him about his wife, and his wife is having an affair with the superintendent. Uh, a couple weeks later, his, um, he, his husband, her husband receives another letter and says, Gillespie, you've had two weeks and done nothing. Admit the truth, inform the school board. If not, I will broadcast it on CBS, posters, signs, and billboards until the truth comes CBS. out. CBS. I actually think CBS in this instance was um, a CB radio broadcasting system in the area. You didn't research that? <laughs> I actually did research that, and that, that is what it is. <laughs> anyway. But CBS is a broadcasting system. Yeah, it's, I understand that. Anyway, um, Ron believed his, that his wife wasn't having an affair. And they didn't think about it too... They weren't too worried about it, but they did tell a few people. They both told their sisters, and they also told their sister. Um, their they told Ron's sister's husband, um, and his name is Paul Freshour. So they decided mm-hmm. they thought they had an idea of who this writer was. So they decided to write him some letters, and then the letters stopped for a few weeks. They thought it was the superintendent's wife, didn't they? I really don't know who they thought. Nobody knows who they thought. Well, obviously they would know. It is not in the public of who they thought it was. On uh, Three weeks later, however, on August 19th, 1977, uh, Ron received a phone call from the alleged writer. Uh, Ron was very upset when he hung up the phone. Mary was out of town. Their children are home. Ron grabbed his gun and said, I'm going to end this now. Oh, God, they weren't living in Georgia, were they? No, they're in Ohio, Circleville, Ohio. Thank goodness. He got in his pickup and drove off. Is that the night the lights went out in Georgia? (laughs) A few hours later, Ron was found. (laughs) His pickup was wrapped around a tree two miles away. Ew. Ron is dead. Poor Ron. One bullet has been discharged from the gun. Authorities deemed it as an accident after an investigation. Ron had a blood alcohol level of twice the legal limit to drive, but Ron's children said Ron didn't drink. It's kind of weird, but this story is all full of weird. Well, he could have drank. He could have found out the truth and decided to get snickered. It is possible. It is possible. Anyway, over the course of the investigation into Ron's death, letters picked up all over town. People got letters from all over town were getting letters from the writer saying that, and the writer would say that the sheriff did a bad investigation. It wasn't an accident. He needs to look into it further. He's weird. Yeah. He's covering things up. Superintendent did it. <laughs> um, in February, and this, this goes on for years, letters come and go. 1983, Mary is on her bus route. She's still a bus driver. And signs start popping up all over town, just small like signs stuck in the ground that were saying the same things the writer would say to her about her affair with the superintendent, which now was a relationship, by the way. Go figure. (laughs) See, it was the truth. It was the wife. (laughs) One day, Mary had enough, decided to rip one of the signs down. When she did, she discovered discovered there was a a piece of twine attached to a box on the sign. She picked up the box, and the twine was attached to a pistol. And she, if she would have pulled the sign in a certain direction, the pistol would have went off and could have, and would have killed her. Or so could did have killed all her. the signs have pistols on them? Just this one, from what I from what I know. So she decided that one. I wonder what was written on that because it had I'm to have been sure enough to like sign. make her want to 
It was probably that one sign probably. that had just the right thing on it to probably. make her go, I've had enough. Anyway, um, authorities took a look at the gun. The serial numbers have been scratched, but not very well. <laughs> so they were able to very easily to find out whose gun it was. And it was Paul Freshour's gun, the husband of Ron's sister, his, her, dece- his, her deceased husband's sister. It was his gun. So people get a little suspicious. The cops want to do an investigation. They talk to Paul. And this is really weird. Now, I know handwriting analysis is done in a lot of cases, especially with something like this where you have a letter, you know, letters going out. The sheriff who was implicated in these letters that were going out saying he was covered up Ron's death, when he went to talk to Paul, he gave him a piece of paper and one of the original Circleville letters and said, can you try to copy this exactly? Paul copied it exactly. And then the sheriff went, oh, look, it's you. You did it. And charged him with attempted murder. Like he copied it or he actually wrote it intentionally and it just happened to match it. He was looking at it as he wrote it. Oh. (laughs) Kind of an odd way to do a handwriting analysis. You wouldn't think you'd want them looking at the handwriting, you know. I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. Um, Anyway, um, Paul ends up getting charged with attempted murder on Mary and ends up getting sentenced to 7 to 20 years in prison. Ooh. For uh. So did he actually do it? I have this feeling he did not. To the day of his death, he says no. He said it was not So they haven't convicted anyone else? No, they have not. Um, Did the letters stop? Paul went to prison, and the letters continued. Bastard! The local authorities in Circleville still said they think it was Paul, even while he's in prison. So the prison warden. So the prison warden puts Paul in solitary confinement. No pencils, no paper, no access to people. No, and he's not. He is in another another town, another county. You know, in the opposite direction of Columbus, where all these letters are still coming postmarked from. It's a wife. Paul comes up for parole in 1992. His parole is denied because the parole board says, we can't release you because you won't admit you're still writing letters. <laughs> oh. So, in 1994, um, a journalist decides to take up the story and gets convinces enough people that, you know, I think this guy's innocent, um, convinces an attorney to help him out, and he gets paroled, finally. Paul finally gets out of jail. Says he, you know... He obviously still says he's innocent at this point. Unsolved Mysteries decides they're going to do a, an episode. Ooh, I love Unsolved Mysteries. While they're filming the episode, Unsolved Mysteries gets a letter <laughs> from the Circleville writer. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Um, the, the letter from the Circleville writer, the Unsolved Mysteries, just said, forget Circleville, Ohio. If you come to Ohio, El Sicos will pay. So... That was their letter from unsol- from <laughs> to Unsolved Mysteries. Huh. Um, a few years later, as it, once we get into the late 90s, Paul decides to start a blog. It's the beginning of the internet. decides to start a blog. <laughs> and the blog he starts is a blog where it does nothing but talk about the inside lives of people in Circleville, Ohio. 
Okay, almost that's a like, little suspicious. Almost like the letter. <laughs> Where? In about 1997, Paul passed away. Or 1998, Paul passed away. Um, and there haven't been any Circleville letters since. <laughs> Paul freaking did it. So that is the story of the Circleville letters, or Circleville writer. There are a ton more details. You know. Um, one of them that I thought was funny um, uh, Paul did receive a letter while he was in prison from the writer. Um, that letter just said. Now, when are you going to believe that you aren't going to get out of here? I told you two years ago, when we set them up, they stay set up. Oh, my God. He had a split personality. That could be. That's very, very possible. Disorder. But this uh, this case is still wide open. Nobody's got any solid answers, and everybody's got theories. But I thought, what a cool case. The this, Circleville. This writer. proves one of my theories. Men are bigger gossipers. Yeah, it's very well could be. Yeah, the mail that shit out everywhere. Like, look at what I know about you. There was one other thing that implicates Paul. He, in the beginning, when the letters first started, he was working for Anheuser-Busch in Columbus, Ohio. So he would drive to Columbus every day to go to work. So... These letters are all coming postmarked from Columbus, Ohio. But what about when he was in prison? I'm guessing there was more than one writer, is my guess. Huh. It was his wife. Mm-hmm. He actually divorced his wife early on in this story, but I didn't Doesn't mean she one. wouldn't have, like, he could have been holding that against her, like, hey, I got this over your head here, and we're going to finish this out. Mm-hmm. And if you are interested in more information about this story... Google Circleville writer and there are videos, there are podcasts, there are articles after articles and it's it's an amazing story. Anyone attacked, I can guarantee go, just kill me. Kill me now, I can't take this. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be wishing he was just a serial killer. <laughs> my theory, my opinion. Anyway, yeah. that is my first story of the night. Well, my first story is also a little bit on the longer side, but I don't think I'm going to take up as much time as you Sorry. Did. I was really into this one. Mm-hmm. You just like to talk, and you like to hear yourself talk. Yeah, I don't like to talk at all. I hear, I hear you talk all the time. Okay. Anyways, so my story, I was kind of looking for sightseeing items because we know i like to look at different places to go Mm -hmm. look and travel yeah well then i was also looking at ghost towns Mm, so ghost towns we've talked about ghost towns a little bit i've been to one and we have a couple in our area however this is not something from our area Mm -hmm. it is a mining town though okay from pennsylvania Mm. and other people may have heard of this because it's a little bit more on the common side when you hear about ghost towns okay so it's Centralia, 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 Pennsylvania. Hmm. So um, it was just like um, any number of coal region towns in Pennsylvania. Oh, it was about 100 or 1,500 people. And then in 1962, a fire was lit in a town dump. This is speculation. This okay. is assumption um, that spread beneath the entire valley and threatened the community's existence. So it set the ground underneath on fire because it's coal mining. Okay. Um, The full extent of the problem wasn't known until 1979. So we're talking like almost 20 years later. 
um, when a gas station owner measured the temperature of the gas in his underground containers that seemed to be more than 100 degrees more or above normal. Mm -hmm. So uh, this escalated further than the 100-foot-deep sinkhole around beneath a 12-year-old boy who fortunately lived. He escaped death. Ooh, Um, that's good. But that was the last straw for many of the residents of the town. Oh, yeah. So they moved out. Most of the residents moved out. So by 1990, only 63 residents remained. And by 2012, there are 10 people left. 10 people left in 2012. 10 people left. I was going to look to see if there's any right now because that's like eight years ago. Seven years ago. Yeah. I really need to work on my math. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, How many people can, were there at the height of this town? Did, did you say that? And I missed it. Uh, 1,500. Okay. So. That's a, that's a big number of people to leave. And you can actually go there to visit. Um, they have a cemetery in there if you look. Um, it's said to have the smoke that rises sometimes and it seems really eerie just because the cemetery and then you see all the smoke rising oh, and yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, that would be weird. So oh, it's a little so eerie. Um, so that's kind of creepy. Yeah. And then the only uh, spark of color that they have in here is the beautiful assumption or the beautiful Blessed Virgin Mary, which is a Euc- Ukrainian, I'm saying that wrong. I'm sorry, anybody <laughs> <laughs> out there, which is a Greek Catholic church um, that sits on a hill above town and it still holds weekly services. Um, so it's it's one church that remains of the five that were there. Okay. So um, it's the only one still standing. And then they also had a time capsule that they buried that was supposed to be opened in 2016, which was 50 years after it was buried. Um, This was opened in 2014, um, and this was because right now a lot of people go into the town and they're stealing things. Mm, I suppose. This is a cemented thing in the ground. They weren't able to get it. They had to dig for it. People were trying to take it. Mm-hmm. Might as well get open it a little early just so we can actually open it and see it. And that was a little bit of research out of side of this story I had to do on this one. But when they did open it, there was a foot of water inside of it. Um, most of the items were ruined because of that. Mm-hmm. They found a miner's hat, miner's lantern, and a pair of women's bloomers signed by men. <laughs> so, wonder if that was the most popular girls in towns bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then there's a Route 61 that ran through there, and there's pictures. I can post pictures on Facebook of this, or we'll have the link on our page yeah. too. You can always come to the website and click and the link. The page has pictures on there of this. Um, but the road, it's all cracked and it, you can tell it's like, um, can't even think of the word where it's kind of colliding and it's lifting up and okay. it's peaking. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Erosion or something <laughs> or another. If I was reading the story, I'd know better. <laughs> um, but it's a graffitied highway. It has lots of art on it, but the percent, most high percentage of the art on there is vulgar. <laughs> I can imagine. Teenagers, you know. Teenagers, but yeah. 
So that's kind of my story. I thought that is cool. If ever given a chance in Pennsylvania, we might have to drive through. Yeah, definitely. So check it out. But definitely. there's plenty of buildings left that are still in use. Anything not in use is no longer there. Hmm. Interesting. Ghost towns are so cool. They are. I mean, cool. it's always they're always surrounded by sadness, typically, because it's never usually a good thing when a town picks I up and leaves. I almost want to go check but... out the one that that we live not that far mm-hmm. from. And see if there's even remains out there. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea either. No clue. Hmm. Well, when we're on our way to Pennsylvania, we will drive through Illinois. We can drive through Illinois. Because we're going to go through Illinois because we're going to go to uh, Mattoon, Illinois. I hope it's on the upper part of I Illinois. I really am not sure. Oh, my <laughs> I really am not sure. We don't need to go here, oy, but oy, oy. there's a restaurant in this town that's really cool. Plus, Illinois has a ton of toll booths. Yeah, it does. We it might want to like avoid our fifty cents toll. <laughs> there, there is a restaurant in this uh, in this town that uh, was uh, originally uh, perch or opened by oh, where where'd their name go? I lost it. Uh oh. Ah, Gene Hoots. Uh, he bought his uncle's tiny little shack, which was a business at the time called the Frigid Queen. It was an ice cream stand shop type thing. Okay. And he decided he was going to expand on it and primary, primarily serve burgers. And what he decided was he would name his restaurant Burger King because he thought it was a perfect name for a restaurant, Burger King. It's a pretty but good name it for was a restaurant. About what? This How is prior cold, to... Cold, freezing... It was an ice cream shop that they turned into a burger place. Weird. So the they decided to name it Burger King because he thought it was a, a great idea. Um, in 1961, he had read in a paper that there was a national chain founded in 1954 called Burger King. <laughs> he wasn't very happy because he had a trademark in Illinois on Burger King. So he sued. So... Is he the actual Burger King dude? No. He's not affiliated with the actual Burger King restaurant at okay. all. Um, he he sued. They went to court. He, he was saying that there should be no Burger King franchise in the state of Illinois because he owns the trademark for Burger King in Illinois. He kind of got laughed out of court, almost. <laughs> but the judge did grant him... That Burger King was not allowed to open up any restaurants within 20 miles of his location. Still kind of sucks. So to this day, you can still go to Burger King in Mattoon, Illinois. And it is a kind of a sit-down cafe type restaurant. Uh, they use Their biggest specialty over the years, they used to do six burgers for a dollar. They don't do that anymore, <laughs> of course, because... You know, can't really afford to do six burgers for a dollar. So now it's six burgers for four ninety nine. Still a good deal. Um, but he gets, they get many questions constantly of, you know, get phone calls, you know, do you have the Whopper? Are you, you know, can we come there for some onion rings? And it's just not what they serve. Excuse me, is your refrigerator running? (laughs) (laughs) Because you better go catch it. (laughs) Anyway, just recently in the last couple of years, they did sell the business to somebody else, but they are, it is still up and running as Burger King. Um, Okay. And it's the only Burger King, obviously, within 20 miles because... My brain instantly goes, they have Burger Kings outside of that one Mm -hmm. in Illinois. Yes. So if it's trademarked, if he has trademarked this, 
How is it legal just because it went through courts? You know, I'm not exactly sure what, Lord a, what knows, good a trademark is. Lord knows if... Well, I don't know about trademark. Copyright? Copyright's a little different. Yeah, copyright's a little different, but you can't copyright a name of something. You, it, it's a, That's a trademark issue. Oh, I need to copyright my name. You, you can't. You can trademark it. What are you, you talking about? It. Nobody has my name. Okay, Desi. Sure they do. My full name. Oh. Well, nobody has a lot of people's full names. If we go by first and last name, there's only three of me. Yeah. In the whole United States. Yeah. I don't know if there's another one of me. <laughs> You've never Googled yourself? Yeah, I have. I come up with somebody close to my name, but not quite there. <gasps> there's one of me in Illinois. Oh, my God. Maybe, Maybe I should copyright it. <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> that would so be weird. Anyway, the other my... one's in, in Delaware. Huh. It was my short little story about Burger King because I thought it was really kind of funny. That was kind of funny. It makes me go... I'm I'm confused because because but anyways yeah, it's the way things work. It's a normal basis for me. Y- you know why Burger King won? They were big. <laughs> they had money for lawyers. Because <laughs> they had the Whopper. <laughs> yes, they they had the Whopper. <laughs> okay, so my next story, I I found research science. Allthingsinteresting.com. Okay. So it was science. I was like, oh, I haven't done a scientific one. Well, this isn't really like science like people would think. It is a study. Okay. On. Studies are always interesting. Yes. Studies are interesting. So, and I'm hoping people just take this as a scientific evaluation and leave it at that. Nothing more. Don't Don't read read more into it. Okay. So... Men are afraid that recycling and reusable bags will make them look gay. Studies show. Hmm. So if you were carrying, before I get into this, Mm -hmm. if you personally were carrying around, um, when we went to Sam's Club and I bought some of those, there was like a two pack of reusable bags Mm -hmm. and they have like the flowers on them and stuff like that. Could you see yourself going to Aldi's? Sure. And filling it up the flowered bag. I mean, I wouldn't prefer a flowered bag, <laughs> but I'd do it. You would do it. You wouldn't like feel awkward like people are looking at you like, why is this douchebag carrying a flowered yeah, bag? I don't really you think wouldn't about get feelings what like people that. are thinking when I'm carrying a bag. I, it doesn't really cross my mind, I guess. Or we should say the proper term. <laughs> we're talking, but I can't. We're I do understand. Like we're from our home state. It's a. Bag. Yes, I do understand. <laughs> I do understand that some people would be would think this way or um, feel this way. But maybe it's you know you just the way you just described it. Described it. I read the title. No, uh, the the situation you just described to me. I'm sure the article did not talk about me going to all these in a flower bag. I am sure of it. <laughs> no, but this picture here insinuates yeah. a flower bag. So if. If recyclable bags had more masculine designs, I bet this study would have different results. Mm, mm, They did a four-part study. Okay. So research found that men are likely to avoid performing certain eco-friendly tasks. Hmm. So likely carrying reusable totes, which is eco-friendly. Yeah. Because we're not throwing plastic bags out. Um, Because... 
Well, okay, so one and two. In the first two of a series, or wait, in the first two of a series of studies, researchers asked 960 men and women to evaluate specific eco-friendly tasks, such as recycling, line-drying clothes, and using a reusable bag to carry groceries as either masculine or feminine. See, line drying clothes is definitely feminine. Not oh, really. Shit. Not really, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> My dad it, it does no, it. It has nothing to do with masculine or feminine to me. It has to do with, I don't have that kind of time. I'm throwing them in the damn dryer. I That's, line dry stuff still. I know, I More know. blankets than anything. I know. Because even if I line and dry stuff, it rains stuff and goes, you gotta dry it again <laughs> and wash it again because that crap coming down in the rain. air is kind of gross. Dirty rain. Maybe if we took better care of things it wouldn't be <laughs> okay that's exactly <laughs> environmental yes friendly yes then we wouldn't have the dirty i'm acid all for rain. being eco-friendly so environmentalist in general was more likely considered feminine I, is what this survey came out to be so when you survey most of the po- you know a, a large population i can definitely see people, people may avoid that. certain behaviors due to this mm-hmm. So, and of course, it's the men, yeah. not so much the no, women. I, I would definitely agree with that. So, not that I'm saying I think that way. I'm just saying I could see how well, the majority of the population would Well, there are women out there that, that would avoid it too because they have more of a masculine yeah, side of course. to things. Of so course. like, yeah, that's really girly. You might hear me say things like that, but I'm eco-friendly. Mm-hmm. So I use resu- reusable, I can't even talk, reusable <laughs> bags. Bags. Now, if we could get some, you know, reusable bags with... Minecraft characters on them. I'll carry them all day long. <laughs> That's so arcade. I won't use them, but you can definitely <laughs> use them. <laughs> so in the third and last study of the series, researchers examined whether people avoided other based on... Let me reread that. So in the third and last study of the series, research- researchers examined whether people avoided other based others based on the other person's pro-environmental behavior preferences. Hmm. So the study found that men are more likely to distance themselves from gender non-conforming women, and although women also show gender biases in their preference partners, their preferences, the study noted, did not seem to be based on whether others' behaviors conform to gender roles or not. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. While researchers... Can we do the rewind? (laughs) While researchers indicated that participation, participants did not view gender nonconformists explicitly as gay or lesbian, their evaluations against these individuals suggested that we were most certainly about whether the person was heterosexual. Hmm. So... Interesting. So, yeah. So, not only do we have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. to end discrimination against gender nonconforming people. Yes, we do. But the earth is counting on us to fix our pre... Or, I can't pronounce that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the earth is counting on us. The earth is counting on us. So, yes. I have a funny feeling we're going to disappoint her. Disappoint her? The earth. We can't. I know we can't. I live here. I live here too. Why'd you call her a girl? I don't know, Mother Earth. I always she thought of erupts. her as a girl. 
She has volcanoes. Yeah, it reminds she blows me of you. Like a male. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, is that is that it? That that. Did you not like my story? You just no, I don't want to cut you off. If I if I start on. my story without making sure you're done with yours, you'll yell at I'm me. I'm sorry. Who are you? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I have a very heartwarming story. <laughs> my last story. <laughs> Whatever. It's very very heartwarming. Now everybody's gonna view me as the jerk. I'm 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 pretty sure this person in my story was probably on Good Morning America. I just and love how and, you avoid what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't. I try not to pay attention. <laughs> Anyway, have you ever heard of Billy Ray Harris? I thought you were going to say Cyrus. No, not Cyrus. <laughs> Billy Ray Harris. No. Well, he was a, a homeless man. And he lived in Kansas City. Uh, and he would, you know, sit out like a homeless person would and sit out on the street and with a cup of, you know, wait for people to walk by and ask for change. You know, it's kind of what he did. I think I need to do that for a living. Uh, one day, uh, this is in February of uh, 2013, uh, somebody walked by and threw some change in his cup and he realized it was kind of felt kind of heavy when they threw it in there. So a few minutes later, he looked down in the cup and he noticed a very large diamond engagement ring in his cup. Hmm. His first thought was, you know, this is my lucky day. He ran right to the jewelry store. Um, the person at the jewelry store said they'd give him $4,000 for the for this ring. Holy buckets. And at that point, his father's voice kicked in in his head and his father was a minister and he said, no, I can't do this. I need to keep, hold on to this for a while just in case this person comes back. Because this was probably an accident. Two mornings later, Sarah, Sarah Darling, is her name? Shut up. Returned to Mr. Darling. Harris. Darling. And asked if he had received anything different a couple of days ago. And he said, yes, I did. Your ring. And I still have it. He gave her back her ring. Um, and Sarah, of course, was very, very happy. Could not believe that he still had the ring. Um, so her and her fiance put together a GoFundMe account and raised $185,000. Holy buckets. <laughs> for Billy Ray Harris. Um, the story was on the news. Um, he was on the Today Show, NBC. And during that broadcast... His long lost sister, who hadn't seen him in 15 years and thought he was dead, realized <gasps> he was alive and he reunited with her. Oh my God. He now has a job, an apartment. Everything's going, you know, a million times better. All because he didn't sell that diamond ring. See, and that's proof right there by doing the right thing. Regardless, the universe will come back and treat you right. Exactly. Exactly. I was very happy to see that every came everything came out great for Billy Ray Harris. Yay, Billy. Yay. Yay. Okay. So I left my last story to be the fun one. Okay. So you have uplifting, I have fun. Yay. I think. Fun but interesting? Okay. Okay. I had teachers that used to tell me, we're going to learn something fun but interesting today. It was never fun or interesting. I am not a teacher. Okay. And if you know me at all, hello, I'm the fun one in this relationship. Okay. <laughs> you should repeat that okay. Okay. No, like, I was right, not... Sure, oh, of course you were. Okay. Of course you are. You were just digging yourself a <laughs> hole here. Go on with your story. 
I'm the interesting one here. Yes, you are. Thank very, you. very okay. interesting. Now, now I'm satisfied. <laughs> you just rolled your eyes. <laughs> I did not. Oh, thank goodness we're not. I raised like my YouTube eyebrows. I did or not anything roll my where eyes. people can see our facial expressions because they would know. They yeah, would know. They would know. Okay. So, anyways, five strange facts about Charlie Chaplin. Cool. I really like Charlie. I Chaplin. I was just going to ask. Do you know who he is? Yes, I know who Charlie <laughs> Chaplin is. <laughs> my gosh i know you do i just had to mess with you i was reading something about him just the other day i don't remember what well it wasn't five strange facts about him though don't worry so one of them is number four i believe but i'm moving that to number five but then i'm like yeah number five is kind of like way out there okay so okay so he got his start in clog dancing do you know that no i did not so at the age of 10 and then he had to work as a toy maker and shoe polisher to support himself and his father after his father had abandoned the family. So it was a little sad, sad. but that's a little bit more common back in those days Mm -hmm. too. Um, But the clog dancing did pay off and he eventually led to the first acting role at the age of 12 as page boy in the stage production of Sherlock Holmes. Hmm. So clog dancing can pay off yes it can should we tell our kids that and then we'd be like no they'd be like who's this and we'd be like the guy in the silent things and and then our kids would be like wait so you were alive and had to listen to the radio and look at it (laughs) (laughs) instead of watching the tv like our daughter asked me and i looked at her and i said do i look that old our son would just say something like why did he do it in movies and just not go straight to youtube this no <laughs> no i think he knows too about back in the day yeah. there were no tvs yeah. and there was only radios okay so maury wouldn't exist without chaplin maury povich really so and this is because i didn't highlight any of this part of it Uh-oh. but he had um, a former mistress, Joan Barry, claimed that he had fathered her child. Oh, but he was not the father, which is the more. They did a blood tie-in. test. That's awesome. They did a blood test, and the blood test state, or according to the blood test back mm-hmm. in the day, because it's not as defined as we have blood of tests course. now, but it determined he was not the father. That's it awesome. was most unlikely. However, the courts decided that he was most likely the father, regardless of the blood test. And. Ouch. Yeah. So he had to. So he was responsible. He was responsible he was for his not. child, even though the blood test said there is no way. He could have used Maury. Yep. And because could've. of that, Maury Povich, you know. Yep. Fun times. Awesome. And number three, his Magnum. Oh, I'm so going to get slaughtered for this if the right person hears it. Magnum Optimus? It's a Magnum, Magnum Opus. Opus. I don't know. I was I, all opus. I had in my head was it's Transformers. Opus. <laughs> it's As opus. you could tell, Optimus <laughs> <laughs> featured the. I'm gonna say the whole thing. Just read number three. It's bolded. Number three. I'm horrible at reading. His Magnum Opus features the dulcet tones of the kazoo. There you go. Dulce. Dulce. I was, whatever. See, I wouldn't even said that right either. That's okay. So the silent actor naturally panicked, of course, like 
all the other silent actors mm-hmm. when talkies mm-hmm. <laughs> i had to like highlight that one big time talkies became all the rage following the 19 or er, 1927 mm-hmm. um he's no stranger to satire so chaplin made fun of people's hunger for talking in film in his masterpiece city lights which he scored himself by having everyone in his comedy romance speak solely in kazoo noises that's awesome my mom was in a kazoo band once. Oh, <laughs> the kazoo is so annoying, though. I wish I had one Trust right me, now I got because to hear I would it a lot blow it in kid. there. Like, I got to hear it a lot as a kid. Like Parades would come up during the summer, and my mom and her friends would march down the street playing their kazoos in their kazoo Wait, band. Wait, is this before the clown band came around? No, this is the clown band was here at the time. But. So they had the kazoo. Yes, it was the, a kazoo band. The Kazoo Band. I don't know what it was called. I believe it was sponsored by the Miners National Bank. Oh, maybe we need to bring it back. <laughs> I don't know about that. Why not? Because it's a very awful sounding instrument. That's kind of judgmental, don't you think? Just a little? Yeah. Sounds kind of fun to me. No, thank you. Whatever. You're no fun. Anyways... Back to Charlie. All right. Charlie number two? the man. Number two. That was number three. We're I on know. number four. Oh, I thought we were going in the other direction. Yeah, normally that's how countdowns go, but I'm reading the way the article wrote it. Oh, so okay. We're on number four. He once lost a Charlie Chaplin lookalike <laughs> That's right. I just read that. That's hilarious. So he... See, and this is where I don't know if this one I have it on... I have this article on uncovering PA. Oh, no, that's the Pennsylvania. (laughs) Okay, I don't have the website link on my paper that I'm reading. Well, we will find it and get it on. I will find it. But I this one says he came in third. I wrote and read another article where it said 20th place. So Hmm. I really don't know. Maybe he really liked to enter contests like that. And he entered a couple of them. No, this was just a contest um, in France. No. So, um, the original article I read said 20th place, and then I found this one, which had, the, like, the five lists, and it said okay. this. Hmm. And well, I'm like, well, I don't know which one It's somewhere in between true, there. The funny part is that he didn't win. He, yeah, that is the funny That's part. The and funny it said part. because most people didn't realize how light blue his eyes were hmm. because it was black and white film. Yeah, black and white film. Nobody knows what color so, your eyes are. And every time after I read that, I was like, you know what? I always pictured him with brown eyes. Mm-hmm. I guess like, I, I did too, I guess. I didn't. I, I never <laughs> even dawned on me until then. And it's maybe because the article, if people pull up the article, you can see the picture. It almost looks like he has brown eyes. Yep. Black and white can really change your features. Definitely. But there were other pictures I pulled up of him. And you can tell it's like, oh, it doesn't look like he has an eye color because hmm. he had blue, blue eyes. eyes, light blue eyes. Hmm. So, and then the last thing, um, he didn't actually rest in peace. And this is kind of sad. Uh-oh. That's why I was like, maybe I should switch this for the last one, because I thought the last one was kind of funny. But um, he died in his sleep December 25th of 77 in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Several months later, um, there was a clan of grit grave robbers and they exhumed the film star's corpse from his grave they thought that they could 
um, hold the body ransom yeah. and get money, get money from the yeah. family. Grave robbers, horrible, which is horrible really people. sad. It didn't work out. They eventually fessed up to the crime. Chaplin was reburied two days later, um, and now he's six feet under concrete. So. Yeah. It's not going to happen again. But that was kind of sad. Ah, I'm like, oh, they found him in a field. Like, At least they were able to find him and get him back to where he was originally yes, buried. Yes. But he lost the lookalike contest. <laughs> that was a note That's I wanted hilarious. to leave it on because I'm like, oh, my God, how do you lose it? And apparently he wasn't the only one, according to this article, that lost the lookalike contest. <laughs> I wanted to move back there. The one and only Dolly Parton lost Dolly Parton a drag lost. queen competition. Oh my god! Of her lookalikes, that's hilarious. Drag queen, that's hilarious. So her and a bunch of men, and she lost. And she lost. She didn't look feminine <laughs> didn't look enough quite Dolly for Parton something. Enough. That's funny. It's amazing though because cameras don't quite caption capture mm-hmm. all all your features yeah, and so. get everything right because. Yeah. I'm assuming, I'm assuming this lookalike. I didn't obviously research Dolly Parton, but I'm assuming it was back in the 70s or 80s I'm when sure. she was more popular. I'm sure. Was she around in the 60s? I don't know. I, I wouldn't think know. so. Maybe I don't. I mean, but no, still, maybe I don't know. Whatever. She she lost too. Wow. So you think Elvis would have lost? Hmm. I don't know. Get the lip curl. I don't know. I could see him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I could definitely see later, you know, I think drugged I, out fat Elvis losing a Elvis look like competition. I found something on Elvis I was going to bring up too, but I didn't want to because it was kind of disrespectful. But, you know. Hmm. Anyway, that so, was cool. I Charlie Chaplin. I, I like him. I would win an Elvis look alike contest. I would win an Al look alike contest. Maybe. You don't know. I'm pretty Dolly sure. Dolly Parton lost. I look a lot more like Al than Dolly Parton. I don't know. If you ask people <laughs> at work, there's you. I'm going to name names, but nobody's going to know them because there are no last names. Mm-hmm. You, Mike, and Jared all look alike. That's true. We even, do all get called each other Even Curtis all the came time. up to me and he goes, oh my God, look at how much alike they look. And I said, I know. One morning Al dropped me off and I was still in the bigger community pool of people mm-hmm. and Jerry came around the corner. I'm like, what did I forget in the van? And then he sat down at his desk and I'm like, holy shit, I'm never <laughs> repeating that. <laughs> the director in my department, uh, the other, uh, couple weeks ago greeted me in the morning with a hello, Jared, how are things going? So did you happens. turn around and say, I thought I looked like Al. <laughs> <laughs> no. See, you could have lost your own contest right there. Boom. Definitely. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with the show, uh, you can send us an email at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. Or you can contact us on Facebook at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. I still hear we have a Twitter. I haven't looked at it yet. I don't think we do. Well, I thought it was Instagram, maybe. Or Instagram. I don't know. We'll figure, figure it out. out. You can also go to outlandishoutcast.com, and there will be links to stories that we talked about here tonight. Um, you know, If you have any ideas, send them to us. If you have any feedback, send it to us. If you've got any really cool stories you'd like to share with us, we'd really like to hear them. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I'm trying to like get noise, but my phone is dumb and it doesn't do what I want it to.
See? And then I try to get it up to the mic and it stops. I'm just trying to end the show. Oh. All right. <laughs> I hope you come back after hearing this. Have a good week, everybody. They, will. they love me. I don't know about you. Bye. <laughs>